0: Well, this is part number four of a four-part series called Plan E. I'm glad that you're here with us this morning as we uh, all are in the process of becoming something. You know what? This year, I am going to become something. You are going to actually become something this year. We are, all of us, right now in the process of becoming something. You see, we are all shaped and formed during this life that we live. The question is, into what are we being shaped? And into what are we being formed? John Burke, in his book, uh, he said that there were spiritual forces that shaped Mother Teresa into a saint. And there were spiritual forces that shaped Hitler into a devil. You see, we are all being shaped by outside forces But we actually have the power to choose. We can choose to be shaped by God. How do we know? How do we know what shape is taking form in our lives? Well, I think part of the answer to that, how we can know that, is if we simply look at our lives when we get squeezed. When we are squeezed, what is inside of us comes out. That's how we know what is deep inside of us, because what is inside comes out when we're squeezed. You see, God's power does not change us by accident. It happens on purpose, um, as we have a purpose-filled choice on our part. It's intentional. It's not an accident. We have to make some kind of intentional choices for us to be formed differently, the first thing is we we have to practice something, you know. We, we, as we, as for instance, when you start started coming, some of you are here for the first time today at Sugar Harvest Church, and sometimes it feels a little bit weird as you come in for your first time. I mean, you're starting something new, and it's a little weird. It, it can be unnatural. It, it can even be at times, whatever you're starting new can be painful, but... It will become, over the course of time, if you do that over and over, it will become a habit. And that habit will lead you toward freedom. You see, God causes the growth. That's what God does. Our only job in the process is for us to stay connected and responsive to God. That's our job. So, a question, what is the best soil or the best environment for this life change to take place? For us to stay connected to Jesus, what's the best soil, what's the best environment? And I would think this, it starts with a grace-filled, authentic relationship, kind of like the relationships you might find in a small group, or if you're waiting for a small group to form, uh, maybe in the huddle that maybe you are a part of temporarily, relationships like that in those environments. Because those relationships can encourage us and they will help us reflect and they'll help us understand the main thing that God's Spirit is trying to do in our lives. Those relationships can help us understand that. But we don't just need relationships. We also need some practices, some exercises that will help us stay connected and stay responsive to Jesus. You see, we don't really develop spiritually by just talking about things. I think spiritual character in our lives really can only be developed as we actually do something, as we respond to God. Let me show you an example of how this response to God takes place. This is our response. Now, this is our response, whether it's a good response and we're running with God, but it also takes place if it is a Bad response. If we're running away from God, this little thing that I'm going to show you takes place either way. So here's the first thing of that. The first thing it's the things that we do. So in this little cycle, those arrows, one arrow goes to the next, goes to the next. The first thing there is things that we do. Um, These these are just any. It's any of your behavior. All day long during your functioning, I'm awake, I'm not asleep, I'm awake part of your day. Anything you do leads to the next thing on the It's called a habit. You do something long enough, it becomes a habit. Do something good long enough, it becomes a good habit. Do something that's harmful to you long enough, it becomes a bad habit. But Our response to God. Things we do lead to habits. The habits lead to beliefs. What we believe about life, about God, about ourselves, they lead to beliefs. And where do the beliefs then lead? Straight into the things that we do. You see how that cycle works? You change your beliefs, you're going to change the things you do. Change the things you do and do those long enough, you're going to change your habits your habits lead into your beliefs. It's just a cycle. You can jump in on that cycle anywhere on any one of those three things and your life can begin to change. But it also describes how our lives can take us away from God as well. It describes both. It's just the cycle of us responding to God. Now, we have these habits. We're going to focus on this part today, really. We have these habits. You can also call them auto responders, automatic responses, auto responses. They're just simply things we do automatically without having to think about them. We just do them. They're habits, auto responses. Uh, have you ever uh, driven from your house to work and then you're in the parking lot at work or you're pulling in the parking lot at work and you think to yourself, I have no idea how I got here. I don't remember driving here. I mean, I know I did, certainly, because I'm behind the car. I'm in the car. I got my hands on the wheels. But I have no idea. I don't remember the drive at all. I just don't remember. Have you ever driven down 22nd Street, either direction, and you get to the end, and you think to yourself this, I have no idea if I ran a red light. I mean, I don't remember going through any signal lights. I don't remember yellow. I don't remember green. I don't remember red. I have no idea if I should be arrested right now. I don't remember my drive. I don't remember going through the red lights. I have no recollection of that. I wasn't paying attention. I don't remember. Have you ever driven away from your house and then... You you get out of the driveway or you get down the block and you realize, I I don't know if I locked the door. I, I don't remember locking the door. Or you say, I don't know if I shut the garage door. I don't remember shutting the garage door. And you go back. And most often, not always, but most often, what happened? You did. You did lock the front door. Or you did shut the garage door. You just don't remember it. You have no recollection of that at all. Do you know why? Because you were on autopilot. You were on your, your built-in auto-response mechanism that God actually placed into your life. He gave you this ability. And all of this auto-response information is stored in one very specific place in your brain. All of it is stored and all the auto response all the habit response autopilot response in your life is stored in one very specific place in your brain it's called the basal ganglia it's true look it up i promise all of your habits all of your auto responses are stored in the basal ganglia that is where they live i brought my basal ganglia with me this morning here it is. Actually, this is my Snoopy lunchbox. My mom got it for me uh, my senior year. What? Y'all didn't carry lunchbox your senior? No, no, I'm just joking. I didn't. Uh, I actually, uh, this is my lunchbox from kindergarten, um, and uh, kindergarten in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Although I did carry it till I was 18, because it took me a while to get out of kindergarten. Slow learner. That's just me. Just me. I'm not saying anything about you. That's me. But this is my kindergarten lunchbox. Uh, today, it's my basal ganglia. And so you face a circumstance in your life. And your basal ganglia stores all of your habits. And it stores all of your auto responders, all of your autopilot behavior in life. So you're faced with a circumstance. It could be an emergency or it could be just the fact that you're, you're bored. You're just bored. In any circumstance, doesn't matter. Your brain, without asking you, your brain goes to your basal ganglia and it looks to see, hey, do I have a habit in here? Do I have an auto-response in here that I can use to save Harley some trouble of having to think about all of this? So it looks inside for a habit or for an auto-response. So I'm faced with a circumstance. Let's say I'm stressed out. I'm just stressed. And my my brain says, okay, don't worry about this, Harley. So without asking me, it goes into my basal ganglia and it looks in my brain for a habit that has been stored there. So it can bring out this auto-response and I don't have to worry about it. That's how it works. Pretty interesting, huh? So whatever the circumstance is for you and your life for me, let's just say I was bored. And you know what happens to me when I'm bored? I have an auto-response for that. My basal ganglia says, yeah, yeah, I got your answer. Here it is. Delicious. Uh, For me, though, it's actually going to be a cheeseburger. I would have one to put in, but I ate it. (laughs) That's my auto response. And my brain does not ask me, hey, Harley, you want to eat? You think maybe, would you like me to go see if you want to eat something? No. I get bored. My brain just says, eat, or stressed, eat. And I eat. It goes in. I don't have to worry about it. Thank you, basal ganglia, for making me fat. That's what it does for me. Now, you might have a different response. Maybe you get stressed out, get stressed out, and you start looking for one of these this one's empty, or I'd share it with you. A, 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 a long horn, long cut. Maybe for you, you get stressed out, and you start looking for something like this. You, do you realize your brain does not ask your permission? Your brain, without asking you, with no permission at all from you, goes into your basal ganglia and pulls out whatever might be needed as an auto-response. Now, it will not pull out a new idea. Your basal ganglia cannot do that. It doesn't pull out a new idea, a creative solution, a new solution for a problem. It only pulls out your auto-responders your lottery ticket. It, I, don't, I don't know what it is for you, but you have habits, auto-responses that your body does not ask you about. They're in there. And when you are in a given circumstance, no matter what it is, it could be anything. Here's some cough drops. I think that's left over from when I was in kindergarten, by the way. Delicious. I, whatever it is, whatever the habit is, For the circumstance that you were in, your brain goes into your basal ganglia and says, do I have a solution for this? And if it doesn't have a solution, guess what? It's open for you to give it a solution. You do something long enough, it lands in your basal ganglia and it's there forever. An autoresponder. There. Whatever it might be. Here's some crackers delicious. Whatever the circumstance is, your brain, without asking you, goes to your basal ganglia and says, hey, what's in here that we can pull out to use in this circumstance? And it goes there first without asking. That's how it works. All of this happens without you being aware. The reality is it's your brain and God designed it. It's your brain and it's helping you live. Without asking your walking, talking, awake part of your life. And if no habit is in there to deal with the circumstance, then it's open. It can't give you a new solution, but it's open for you to put a new one inside to deal with that, and it'll bring it back up when needed. The basal ganglia works for us, but it will also work against us. This is true of every good habit you have, it's in there. And it's true of every bad habit you have, it's in there. It works for us. It works against us. You know what? Even the habits that actually destroy your life, even the habits that actually harm you physically, And the habits that will harm you and scar you emotionally, they're still in there. And your body will pull those out to use them thinking, hey, I'm helping here. Even if it's actually destroying you. Your brain brain will call them out every single time if the circumstance calls for it. It does it without asking. That's why habits are so powerful. And that's why habits are so difficult to break. That's why habits seem to control our lives and they control our behavior. Because they're auto responses. We don't have to think about them. Our body just pushes them out. We've responded that way before. And we'll respond that way again without ever being aware of it. And that's why this morning we're we're saying to you this. The key to character development is to interrupt our autopilot responses. To interrupt those with new beliefs. That's why we showed you that circle. To interrupt that response, that autopilot, that habitual response with a new belief. Because those new beliefs, the next thing on that can become a new practice. And if you do that new practice long enough, that becomes a new habit and it lands inside of your basal ganglia, right in the middle of your brain. That's where it's located, that's where it lands. You see, we get stuck in this cycle of sin, habits, patterns, but it's going to take an intentional decision for us to stay connected to Jesus in these critical moments that our habits are trying to take over. Now, what I want you to do for this next part, is I want you to, now listen, these things I put in here, I'm not trying to tell you that's what you need to work on, by no means. I'm trying to tell you these are habits. These are habits. But I want you, of your own free will, to select for your life, just for the next few moments, one bad habit. You're not going to tell me, you're not going to tell your neighbor, don't select a bad habit for the person sitting next to you. Don't say, hey, I know which one you need to pick. Pick one for you. A bad habit you were dealing with. You're not going to tell me. You're not going to write it down. Just place it squarely in the middle of your mind and your thinking right now. One bad habit for you that you have wanted to quit, tried to quit. One bad habit. Maybe you're impatient. Maybe you're easily angered. Maybe you drink too much or too often. Maybe you stay stressed out. Maybe you deal with lust. Maybe it's envy. Whatever, just pick one for you and have it in the front of your mind. And I want you to listen how the Apostle Paul, thousands of years ago, describes the basal ganglia in your life. Here it is. Romans chapter 7 verse 15 have this bad habit in your mind right now he says i don't really understand myself he says for i i want to do what is right but i don't do it instead i do what i hate thank you basil ganglia i mean i know you know whatever that habit is you know that this is right but instead you don't do it me too Paul really knows this because he knew himself. Let's go to verse 19. He says, I want to do what is good, but I don't do it. And I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. In other words, basal ganglia, you are ruining my life. Isn't that so? I mean we make a promise to ourselves I'm not going to do that again I I did that I'm not going to do that again I hate the way it makes me feel After it's all done I hate the way it destroys relationships around me I hate the way that it destroys me I hate the way it controls me And you say That's the last time I'm not going to do that again I'm done with this It's over I'm done with that And You do it again. Me too. I mean, you make a promise. I promise I'm not going to do it anymore. And guess what? You break the promise. And you do that long enough, you realize, I can't do it. I can't stop this. It's so powerful. You live in a cycle of, I hate that. I'll quit that. And then you do it again. And you repeat that cycle over and over and over again. And then after that, as that recycles going on, then you have all of this guilt, heaps of shame, and then beating yourself up because you've been promising, I'll try harder, I'll do better. And yet you fail and fail and fail again. And every time you do, you sink lower and lower and lower. It's like a drill bit, that cycle constantly spinning and turning And the more it turns, the deeper I get until I just want to give up. He goes on in verse 20. But if I do what I don't want to do, he says, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It's the sin living in me that does it. In other words, there's something inside of me causing this. In this passage, Paul is going to teach us to stop beating ourselves up. Quit beating yourself up over the failures of these habits. And instead, let's start beating up that sin or that evil. Not yourself. Sin is any habit that keeps us from doing life with God. Paul goes on in verse 24. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. This is making his life miserable. And he says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And then he answers that. Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul is teaching us that we have a mindset. We must set our minds. Because where we set our minds determines the direction that we're going to go. And if you will set your mind in that direction long enough, guess what? It will become a habit in Your basal ganglia, the very center of your brain. You set your mind and you go in that direction. You will go in the direction your mind is set. So set your mind. You'll go in that direction. Do that long enough. It becomes a habit and it's placed inside your life. Literally in your basal ganglia. That's how it works. God created it that way this works for us. It works also against us. Paul goes on in the next chapter, verse 5. He says, those who are dominated by sinful nature will think about sinful things. In other words, set your mind on it. You're going to go that direction. Do it long enough. It becomes a habit. It goes in there. Those who are controlled, he says, by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. In other words, set your mind in that direction. You will head that direction. Do that long enough. It becomes a habit. It goes in there. Verse 6, he says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. If your mind is set on the old habits, and, and let me tell you how that works, by just doing nothing by just waking up and living life your mind is set already on the old habits because your basal ganglia will make sure of it your mind will just go into that and grab what it needs but if you will set your mind intentionally on new practices then you will be sent in a new direction Do that long enough, it becomes a habit. Change begins to happen in your life. What we're saying, you must interrupt your autopilot. Every situation that you face during the day, while you're awake, it could be boredom or it could be an emergency. Anywhere on that scale, whatever the situation is, as your situation changes, you have to become aware And intentionally adjust what your mind is on, and you will move in a new direction. Do that moment by moment as you are adjusting constantly what you're thinking about, what your mind is on, instead of just living on autopilot. Now, here's a truth. Our heart says, yes, that's what I want in my life. And we can even say, I am willing to do that because I want change. And before God will do this in our lives, we have to be willing. That is part of it. But you know what? Our habit, whatever it is, whatever that bad habit is, it comforts us. When we're down, that habit makes us feel alive. When we are bored, it it brings us back to life. If we want to allow God to kill a bad habit in our lives. It can make us afraid because we begin to think, well, if I allow God to take this away, how am I going to feel comfort? How will I feel pleasure without that? I need that. What's going to happen if I allow God to take it away? So it's going to take something more than willingness for this to happen. You know how Jesus described it? He said, he said this, the spirit is willing, but the body, the flesh, is weak. It's going to take more than willingness to leave this habit. If, the, if there's a habit of lust, it's going to take more than willingness. Because in the moment, in the moment... Even if you're willing to leave this habit, in the moment your mind will get flooded with pornographic images, your mind and thoughts will get flooded with with imagining you and that person who's not your spouse. Your mind will be flooded. Suddenly, even if you're willing to walk away from this, suddenly your body is very weak. So how do we deal with this? I think we can summarize that process by by explaining it this way. Your thoughts and your beliefs become the protein drink and the energy drink for your will. In that very moment. You're willing... But then it determines on what you do, how you are feeding that mind. What energy drink is going into your mind at that moment? What protein drink is going in your mind at that moment? You're willing. But if you allow the autopilot to take over, you're flooded. The energy drink into your mind, it's all the wrong things, and that's what takes over. So in order for you to start something new, and to allow God to change you. Paul says you must be intentional, and you must choose now. Make a choice, a conscious choice. This all happens without you ever being asked about it. But you must make a now a conscious choice to choose to think a new thought and new beliefs. Here's how Paul words that. It's a very famous passage, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Paul says, don't copy the customs and behaviors of this world. That's what this is. Just let it happen. Let the basal ganglia take over. Whatever's going on, whatever you placed in there, just let it roll. He says, don't, don't copy that. But let God transform you into a new person. God's the only one who can do that. And let him do that into a new person by here's your, by changing the way you think. Whatever energy drink, whatever protein drink you are giving your mind by changing the way you think, then when you do that, you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Paul is saying, bring God's word, scripture from the Bible, bring that into your life. Let that be your energy drink. Let that be your protein drink. Think about that. And from that verse, God can then begin to help you create a new thought, a new mindset, which is a new direction, and do that long enough new behavior, do that long enough new habit, and it goes right into the basal ganglia. That's what Paul said. Now, I'm not going to break down on how this happens because I have an entire series for you on that. And if you will go to my SoundCloud account, if you will go to soundcloud.com and you will type in, in the search, Harley Petty, it will bring up my account. If you will go to my account and look for the playlist, uh, the set list, semicolon. That entire series, semicolon, is about How to let God change your mind, change your thoughts, change your beliefs, and change your life. Go there, please, this week, and read that. I'm not going to go through that whole series right here. Please go there this week and read that. New beliefs will change our responses so that when we get squeezed, if you have new beliefs in your life, when you get squeezed, new things come out of your life. Something must stop our auto-responses. And Paul is saying it's going to take an intentional practice, something you do to break this auto-response. Uh, really, what he's saying is you need to retrain your mind. And training always involves a good workout so your prescription and my prescription today develop a spiritual workout spiritual training listen to all this training Paul is talking about I'm not going to expound here I'm just going to read through it first Corinthians chapter 9 starting with verse 25 Paul says all athletes are disciplined there's training in their training there's training they do it to win a prize, and it's going to fade away. But he says, spiritually for us, this is different. He says, but we do it for an eternal prize. Verse 26. So I run with purpose. This is training. He's training. I run with purpose in every step. I'm intentional, he's saying. I'm not just shadow boxing. In other words, I'm not just playing around. I'm not just goofing off here. I'm this is real, real life. Verse 27, I discipline my body like an athlete. That's training. Training it to do what it should. A new habit. Train it. Do it long enough, it becomes a habit. Otherwise, he says, if I don't do this, I fear that after preaching to others, in other words, after after just trying to live this Christian life, this how it would apply to us, I find myself, I might find myself to be disqualified. Here's our problem, if you're anything like me at all. We don't want to take the time out to train. We don't want to put in the effort to train. We're just living life and working, and it's hard and tiring. We don't want to add this to it. That's a lot of work. You know what we really want? We want the fast food version of all of this. That's what we want. We want the fast food version, but a fast food. Food version of this doesn't exist. The spiritual workout, your spiritual workout is exactly what God uses for His Spirit to help you respond and me respond in a new way when we get squeezed. So we're talking about a habit breaking spiritual workout that will help us break our auto-responses. So here's where this all leads. We wrap it up very quickly today. This is it. We're going to run out of these today. We just have a handful left. It all leads to this. We want to help you develop an exercise where you will get the results over time. It's not instant. I mean, when you go work out, you don't do one workout a year and and you start. say, I'm going to start working out. You don't do your one workout and then you walk by the mirror and say, wow, man, I am hot. Look at that. Well, you might be hot, Because you're a sweaty mess. But you're not looking good yet. It takes time. It takes working out over time. Exercising. The results are over time. They are not instant. So we're asking you to start your workout. Your spiritual exercise. Your spiritual workout program. This will help get you started. You can pick this up as you leave. We will run out. There's just a few left. Or you can go to powerpackonline.com. Write that down, powerpackonline.com, and that information is there as well. You can get it there. It's free. I did this. I did that, powerpackonline.com for you. That's why it's there. And here is what is in this, and here is what is at that site. These are the areas that we're asking you to have a spiritual workout. Here's the first it's going to be some scripture exercises. Think of these as like cardio, it's going to help you go the long haul, it's going to make it give you endurance over the long haul. Spiritual exercises. If you don't know God's Uh, God's will in His Scripture for you, how can you respond to it? You can't. So we're asking you to get into His Scripture. If we don't know the truth, how can the truth set us free? Our old response, it is Scripture truth that is going to interrupt that old response and help you lead Toward a new response. And it's in the Scripture. You're going to begin to find that as God begins to change your thinking, your beliefs. So, this is going to help you understand how to take God's Scripture and put it in your life. This or go to powerpackonline.com. That's the first part. Here's the next thing. As part of your workout, there's going to be a prayer exercise. That's what one thing the SHC 6060 is all about. It is you staying in an ongoing, continual conversation all day long with God. A prayer exercise. But not just talking to God all day long as you go through your day. Also, this is going to help you set aside a specific time where you have a focused, intense conversation with god this will help you do that we want you to do that then there's this meditation exercise this is also the the scripture the prayer the meditation it's all part of this cardio spiritual exercise that you need for the endurance to go the long haul and i know you're saying harley meditation listen yeah listen you're talking about the basal ganglia and meditation you guys at Stuttgart harvest church are weird And I'm never coming back here. You're weird. First, yes, I'm weird. But secondly, this is, God created your basal ganglia, not me. And meditation, guess what? God created that too. It's in the Word. And we're going to encourage you and teach you how to meditate on God's Word. It's not this weird thing, weird weirdness stuff. We're going to teach you what God teaches you about meditation. It's in here, and you'll find it at the Power Pack online. Those are your cardio exercises. Next, we're going to talk about your strength training. Strength training. Do you know that your habit of giving is also building your strength. It's true. This is going to help you with that, help you understand that a little bit more. Do you know also your sharing exercises? When I say sharing, it means just telling someone who is in your life, telling them about what God is doing in your life, sharing with them what God is doing in your life. Those sharing exercises, they build your strength. This will help you do that. You know what else is in there? You're doing that today. Your corporate worship exercising. You're doing that today. It is building your strength, and this will help you get the most out of that. It gives you some very important questions and considerations about that habit of corporate worship. All of this together is this focused spiritual exercise to build strength and endurance in areas in your life where you have a pattern that's already in there that is a habit that's bringing you weakness. Here's the last thing we're going to ask you to do. Will you let your small group or your huddle become your workout partners? just simply as a workout partner would do, keep them informed about your progress. And even keep them informed about your setbacks when things don't go so well. You know, we're not exercising so that that we can be a good boy for God. You're not exercising so you can be a good girl for God. That's not why. We are exercising so that we can put some intentional practices in place that will interrupt our auto-responses, our habits. And God responds to that by giving us growth. You see, growth, if we could just summarize it all, change, Growth, it comes from you working out spiritually with your workout partners in an environment of grace and truth and as you put into place intentional practices to help you respond to God's Spirit moment by moment by interrupting your auto-responses, your habits, your autopilot, and instead responding to God moment by moment. And you do this, and you will be living more and more and more as the years go by, not instantly, as the years go by, You'll be living more and more the life you've always wanted to live and the life you've been searching for and never able to grasp until now. Do you realize God is at work forming you? And you, my friends, are becoming His body in this world. As you love the people around you. Pick up this next step. The daily habits. We're going to run out. First five people who walk by are going to get them. But then you can go to the powerpackonline.com. Not the. Just powerpackonline.com. And it's the information's there. If you still don't have access to that. Then send me an email. Something. um, Send me a text message. And I'll make sure you can have access to one of these pieces of paper. And this week, will you begin to share with your huddle and with your small group what your spiritual workout might look like for you? Let's pray. Father, may we be disciplined in our training. Not so that we can become model Christians. No, Father. May we do it so that you can break the destructive auto-responses that are already in our lives. So we may run with purpose in every step, in every spiritual exercise. And may we discipline our bodies like athletes. Spiritual exercises which are training us to do what we should. And may we not simply let our destructive auto-responses rule our lives and lead us toward ultimately being disqualified. Father, may we develop a spiritual workout plan this week and may we share it with our workout partners in our small groups in our huddles. May you not allow us peace in our day if we are content with life as usual in our destructive habits. We ask that you grant us only the parts of this prayer, Jesus, that are in accordance with your will. And we pray that these things, we ask that they be under the authority of your name, Jesus. Amen.